Hi, Paul McAuliffe here and welcome to my podcast. Well, a week is a long time in politics and uh, it's been really great uh, the last few days to get the kids back to school, to back to some level of normality. Uh, And most of that is the hard work of the schools, the teachers and the principals, the caretakers, the secretaries. Um, I think we, as parents, we were all really anxious sending them back and we've been able to, I think, reassure the kids, reassure parents, ensure teachers are safe. Uh, and as I say, getting back to that level of normality that certainly for a lot of parents who are carrying out uh, work at home, uh, they I know they will be able to have a, at least a half a cup of coffee uh, in some level of quietness uh, without juggling all the things that you have to do uh, in the house. So I think that's really, really great. Now, I know people were concerned about school outbreaks, and I think that is going to be a factor um, over the coming months. There will be schools where cases are found uh, which have to close. Uh, I think there's also going to be a lot of people who have to go for a test. And uh, that's something that happened to us this week. Uh, one of my kids uh, had a very high temperature. Uh, they weren't well. They weren't well for a long period of time. Uh, and the GP decided that while it might not be COVID, um, it was best to send them for a test. So it was a really funny experience. Um, obviously, we were really concerned, uh, as any parent would be, concerned for the child themselves. Um, we didn't tell them until about half an hour beforehand so that they didn't have too much time to worry about. The National Show Centre in Swords uh, was where we went. It was done really, really well. It felt a bit industrial, uh, big, bit cavernous, um, but uh, it did the job. Uh, and what I was surprised at was the number of children that were there, the number of uh, other kids uh, from different schools who uh, obviously had had symptoms and were being tested. And it certainly drove home to me that uh, I think this winter we're going to see a lot more cases of children being tested. Uh, now, thankfully, the test came back negative, um, and all that uh, the only injury we had was a cotton bud uh, that goes a little bit too far up your nose <laughs> that makes it uncomfortable. Uh, they're a bit upset crying, but um, I know from speaking to other parents, that was the the main hardship in, in, in it all. And then there's the waiting. Uh, oh, we got our test within the three days um, and we had to isolate for all of that. So uh, I wasn't able to attend the COVID committee last week um, and some of the doll sessions because I was in isolation. And I think while it was frustrating, I think the best way of looking at it is that we had our own little mini lockdown to make sure or to prevent us having much bigger lockdowns. Uh, there's gonna be cases this winter where parents have to stay at home and I think employers have to make sure that they cooperate with parents. Um, this is the price we pay for getting back to normal. This is the price we pay uh, for living with this horrible, horrible virus. If we can keep each other safe, uh, staying at home for a few days uh, probably isn't the hardest thing that we'll have to do. Uh, and so uh, I, I suppose it was a, a refresh for me anyway of how, how this virus is still here and still, and still with us. But we're all healthy. Uh, and everybody has gone back to school, um, we're all okay. The uh, virus is also impacting people's jobs. And over the week, um, in, we got an increasing number of people who were concerned about the payment, which uh, is being paid currently under what's called the PUP payment and the reduction of that. I have to say, I have a real issue where public health officials are saying to certain sectors, that your industry must be closed down or significantly reduced in order to protect everybody. 
and then us not stepping in and providing the full level of support that's needed for those people and i'm talking about people who are working in aviation people who are working at the moment in wet pubs people who are working in the tourism sector and um, events workers taxi drivers their business is being reduced to protect all of us and i have spoken today uh, about the need for the put payment deduction to be deferred for that to be pushed back it was a date set in the middle of the summer when we thought things were going to be better and i think it needs to to be pushed back we need to make sure that those people who are making that sacrifice already of having a reduced income that they are, are not further put under pressure by reducing the put payment and at the parliamentary party this week that's something i'm going to be speaking about i also think that there are lots small businesses and i'm including taxi drivers there that are being asked to choose between uh, a put payment which is has a level of support or going back to work with no support and, and taking a very reduced income because there's very low business out there taxi drivers are being given a choice between coming off their payment and going back to work where there's almost nobody out there get, get, getting taxis we have to make sure for taxi drivers for other self-employed people that the equivalent of a wage subsidy scheme allows them work while they have a reduced income. Now, the other big story last week was the infamous receipts gate that uh, the government was being over prescriptive in making pubs keep receipts of every plate of chicken goujons or bowl of chicken wings. Uh, and I have to say, I really despaired at some of the opposition parties turning this into uh, a gangster movie. This was a very basic measure uh, which actually expires uh, in a couple of days' time, uh, and it was to ensure that the hundred and odd pubs that had uh, breached the regulations in the previous uh, weeks uh, wasn't weren't allowed to continue. This is about cracking down on rogue pubs. Uh, pubs keep VAT receipts all the time for the sales that they that they make. They keep them for up to six years. This was not additional or or onerous. It was about ensuring that people weren't breaking the regulations that are keeping us all safe. So I have to say, sometimes in all of this, government makes mistakes, but other times I despair at people making politics out of what is a public health message. Okay, so that was last week, but the big story of this week is going to be uh, the Leaving Cert and the class of 2020, who probably have had most the most unusual experience uh, of uh, Leaving Cert year. Uh, now, from time to time, we're going to have other people join us on the podcast, experts, um, people who know a bit more than me about lots of things. We didn't have to go too far for, uh, for this week's expert. Um, we're going to be joined by uh, Councillor Keith Conley, who um, many people know works with us here in our constituency office. Uh, he's a city councillor, but more importantly, he uh, is a former teacher himself uh, and a chair of the City of Dublin uh, Education and Training Board, and he's talked to us uh, personally, just, I suppose, uh, to give us a few quick uh, hints and tips just about uh, uh, leaving their students. So you're very welcome, Keith. Thank you very much, Paul. So uh, it's leaving cert result day. Uh, are you missing being with your students that you would have been teaching over the last number of years? I know, I think, I think every teacher is really, I suppose, if, if you weren't in a career break, the students in the end coming to the school today, of course, they're getting their grades online from 9 a.m. Um, and I think schools are doing an appointment system in most cases whereby the guidance counsellors available or relevant teachers or deputies or principals 
uh, to come and see during the day because having a big group, of course, in play isn't allowed according restrictions. So it's it's a very very strange day, I would say, for many many students. Um, yeah. I know when when I got like, my leaving cert result, um, I uh, repeated my leaving cert. I've spoken about this before. Uh, so the first time that I received my leaving cert results, I was really really disappointed. Uh, and there's going to be people uh, this week that are disappointed with their results. Of course, and there always is, I suppose, this year it's slightly different where boys didn't actually sit an actual exam. The course was packed out with grade system due to COVID. So the advice I give students very simply is don't be too disappointed. Um, we don't know anything really regarding CEO and whether points go up and down, although the indication is points will go up for a lot of courses. And, and they're out, of course, this Friday, the 11th of September, fourth round CEO offers. But if you are disappointed, of course, I, I would try and speak to professionals. So, as I said, a lot of schools have guidance counsellors on standby via phone or can arrange appointments. The National Parents Council have a helpline set up today that we can give at the end of this podcast. Um, and just speak to a professional and say, you know, there's many offers, many opportunities there for people. And people are disappointed, of course, and that, that's part of, the, part of the, the process, really. Okay, so let's talk first about, about the CAO. Every year, CAO is not actually based on the grades which people receive, but it's those grades relative to the places that, that we have. So it's a sort of supply and demand uh, issue. Uh, so I suppose you're right, we don't know what's going to happen on Friday. Uh, there is some additional places. Uh, will that make, so at this point, do you think you can really speculate whether you have higher points or lower points, whether that does anything for you before Friday? It's hard to know, but the indications are there is a great inflation. So that would presume then that the most popular course is, of course, you might see a small points jump for those. Um, again, we don't know officially until Friday, but as you mentioned, there's been 1,250 additional places allocated by the minister on the most popular courses. And there's a bit of flexibility around there. And as always, there are options. As you mentioned previously, I'm chair of the ETB. We have a number of PLC courses available for different colleges throughout the city. Um, this apprenticeships obviously there's loads of different options available out there for young people. Yeah, and, and I cannot emphasise that that enough. As I say, I myself did this. I was disappointed with my result the first time. I went back. I repeated. It was a difficult year, and um, but I'm so glad I did. Uh, and I was able to apply. Actually, I applied for a different course uh, because uh, I, I I took a, a, another look at the so the career path that I wanted. Uh, what I studied in college actually ended up being. Um, almost disconnected with what I worked at before I went to, into politics. So there's so many different ways that you can plot out your career, whether it's a, a PLC entry, whether it's choosing a different course, whether it's repeating uh, your leaving cert. So there's a lot out there for, for students, but a lot of pressure on them on, today, on this week. Of course, yeah. There's never been a great variety of choice as well. And a lot of, lot of universities are doing uh, places online this year, or, or certainly most of their um, tuition will be online. So again, there's greater scope there to bring more potential students into universities and PLCs and other institutions that offer full education for all students. Okay, so let's come back for a, a quick uh, recap then of what people can do if they're not happy with the grade they got. Obviously, the difference between other years when I didn't uh, get the results I wanted, I could only blame myself. But I'd say there's students who might be disappointed. They, they know the name of the person who, who graded their exam. So standardization, what is standardization? And I'm really pleased to see that uh, the status of the school or the previous performance of the school hasn't been continued and fair play to Norma Foley for that but um, what does standardisation mean does it happen every year and so what will happen how can you appeal or should you appeal 
Well, the summarization very simply is there's essentially a bell curve whereby a certain percentage of students every year get a H1, a H2, a H3. And that, that's aligned as opposed to the marking process uh, that, that usually the State Examination Commission will carry out throughout the summer. That hasn't happened this year, of course, so the standardization is slightly different. That's why you would have seen playing off for the grades jump or percentages jump. Um, also aligned with the standardization process is the junior cycles or junior cert results for, for that particular year. So that goes back and, and, and blends into it. If it's pointed, there is a process, of course, next, uh, next Monday, the 14th of September, you'll be able to log into the portal and check your results. And with that, you get your estimated percentage mark, uh, um, and you also the appeals process opens up next Monday. Um, you only have two days to appeal it now, and I suppose an appeal traditionally would have been you'd get the paper checked that subjects are questioning. Perhaps it was question three on biology. You said, okay, I marked down 20 points there. If you the script, uh, I want it rechecked. That can't always happen this time. Um, but what, what essentially going to be checked if you wish to appeal is the administration process. So. Um, was it all done correctly? Um, were the correct numbers used? All that process. If you're still not happy after that process and the appeal has gone through, there's a, a course an opportunity now to repeat each exam or period exam uh, in November. And more information will be available about that in the coming days and weeks. But you can sit uh, one, one, one exam in particular um, rather than the whole lot, which actually is a benefit for some students. Of course, nobody wants to repeat, but if you are unhappy and want to repeat a particular subject, you can just do maths, you can just repeat Irish. And that's never happened before. If I failed my leaving cert last year, I wasn't happy with the results, but I have to repeat the whole thing. Whereas this year, you can actually just repeat per subject. Yeah, okay. Well, look, lots of different options. I, I think often what happens is there's parents out there that are disappointed for their children, but they don't actually know how they can help. Uh, whereas sometimes the, they're not children, they're young adults. Sometimes the young adults actually are much better at uh, seeing what's possible and looking at different options. So I think in a way, some of the parents need to support the young people and sit back and let them uh, plot out what's ahead of them. Of course, yeah. And again, speak, speak to professionals and speak to your guidance counsellor in the school. Uh, that number I mentioned at the start is 1800-265-165. It's open all this week from about 11am uh, to about 4pm. Uh, on that line, it's, it's run by the National Parents Council, but there are guidance count, counsellors available on that line to offer advice and support for students. And as you said at the start, you don't know much about TO until Friday, but you will know an awful lot more then. You might not get round one offer, you could get round two, three, or four. Uh, and those dates are all listed on the Gov website, uh, gov.ie, um, leaving to think that the URL is. Um, so round two offers on the 23rd of September, for example, round three are on the 1st of October, and round four on the 8th of October. So there are a couple of dates to keep in mind as well. Yeah, and of course, our office is open all the time on 4819332, or more importantly, on social media. You can contact us anytime. Thanks a million, Keith. We'll see you in the next episodes. Thank you.